This week, I am talking about toxic relationships. Is it okay to stick around or is it time to bounce? Join me as I talk with Dr. Shiza Mosin about this very relevant topic. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And you know what got me started? What made sure my voice got out there? It was Anchor. And why did I choose Anchor to host my podcast? Well, easy. It was free. And they have all these amazing tools built right into the app. So it's really easy to get started and get your voice out there. And the best part, they make sure to distribute your podcast everywhere it needs to go, like Apple, Google, Spotify, and so much more. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Listening to Musings of a Modern Muslim with Freeney. Episode 16 Toxic Love. We're all stuck at home, and being stuck at home means that you have to be stuck with someone all day and every day. That might be a bed of roses for most people, but for many of us, it is a time of reevaluation. It is a time to look a little bit harder at the relationships that we're in. This got me thinking about relationships that weren't doing so well before the pandemic and certainly have not improved during this pandemic. And that is toxic relationships. The ones that aren't doing well, the ones where people feel like they're at the end and what to do about it. So today I have my guest, Dr. Shiza Mosin, who is a licensed family and marriage counselor to talk with me about toxic relationships and what we can do to recognize them. Are they always the end? Is there actually a time where you should be staying in a bad relationship? And how can you be more supportive? These are all questions that we went through, and I think it's a very relevant and needed topic because a lot of people might be thinking about this. So before you do anything drastic, make sure to listen to this episode and get some insight. Here is my interview with Dr. Shiza Mosin. All right, we have our wonderful guest, Shiza Mosin, who's been here on Musings of a Modern Muslim before. So welcome again, Shiza. Thank you so much, Farheen. I am so grateful that your listeners are actually interested in listening, given we both talk a lot. So, But <laughs> I really feel that uh, you bring up such pertinent topics and such applicable topics that it makes me very excited to talk with you. When I put the post out there about that we're going to be talking about toxic relationships, immediately people were like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Either they know someone who's in a toxic relationship or they themselves might be in a toxic relationship. And we're not only focusing on marriage here. We're talking about any relationship. It could be, you know, partners, spouses. It could be boyfriend, girlfriend. It could be any relationship, but just the toxicity part of that of them will focus on them. I love that you've generalized this enough. Uh, I definitely will uh, try my best to give examples of uh, partnerships and relationships, but also Mm -hmm. other um, examples of toxic relationships. Sure, sure. So the first question I have for you, there are times we see and hear about a relationship that is going south. The signs are there, yet time and again, we see people sticking around when it would be in their best interest to leave. And you can see that. Many of us see that, like, you know, this couple or this these two people should not be together. Why do you think they stay together? So, you know, a lot of times I will tell you that uh, there are many reasons, even though I feel grateful that we are in times where I will talk about marriage now or a committed relationship Mm -hmm. that uh, we have uh, destigmatized divorce and separation a little bit. But I will tell you that um, as a marriage and family therapist, I say this with caution that not all the time and not all couples should be considering exit. Mm -hmm. A lot of times there are many, many reasons why people stay in a relationship. And and it's because not everyone wants the same things Mm -hmm. and not everyone wants what is called the better factor. Nowadays, it's not that you are happy or satisfied in your relationship. The options that are coming out as experts call them are that you could be happier or more mm. fulfilled. So there is a, 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 an added uh, edge which is coming with exposure, especially mm-hmm. in South Asian cultures, Muslim cultures, 
where people are getting exposed to the West and there are certain elements of Western relationships that seem very appealing to them that we right. don't find common in our culture. So why do people stick around? The, the reasons uh, to leave whenever they are less, even if they are 5% less, then the reasons to stay, then people stay. Mm. So you have to look at relationships, especially marriage, like an exchange, a social exchange. As long as uh, the, the weighing scale is a little bit heavier on things that are keeping you in, you will stay yeah. in. Very well said. So the scale, the balance. So if you even feel that this thing is okay, 60%, but 40% is bad, you'll still stay because just that little 10% is enough. Absolutely. And think about it this way. When you look at a job, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I say to when I do career coaching, I say, you know, familiar, and I'm going to use a four letter word, which could be C-R-A-P or S-H-I-T, whatever you want to call it. That's fine. Go um, ahead. Is no, curses are fine here. Go for it. it so familiar uh, crap is better than unfamiliar crap. So uh-huh. think about it. You know, we idealize and romanticize this idea of exiting. But the truth of the matter is, you know, the grass seems greener on the other side. You don't know. This is all predictable. So it's really important to understand that that 10% could mean a lot. And that 10 or 15% looks different for every couple. Hmm. So it's that fear of the unknown, because you don't know what's out there beyond this. And that fear of this unknown kind of holds you back. So I'm going to replace from unknown to fear of Mm -hmm. change. Change is hard. Changing anything is very hard. And with change comes fear. So I'm going to say fear of change and then the fear around change will keep you in, will keep you locked in. Will make you stay. Absolutely. And then my next question for you. Do toxic relationships need to have an aspect of abuse attached to them, either physical or mental? Toxicity usually stems from what is considered abusive in today's day and age. It is when there is an exchange that is happening so rapidly at an intensity that is so negative that it ends up impacting the person. And you know, it's interesting that you say physical or mental Mm-hmm. Because mental and emotional abuse, Farheen, you know, a lot of times people think physical abuse is just me be- feeling that somebody is beating you. Yeah. I will tell you that you get mentally sick enough, it, your body keeps score. Bessel van der Kolk is a trauma expert and he talks about this. That it, it, you don't you need you don't need a physical beating. Your body will get a physical beating. Mm-hmm. You will, it'll show up in your blood pressure. It'll show up in your diabetes. It'll show up in your arthritis. It'll show up in your migraines, your headache, your knee ache, your body ache, in mm-hmm. so many ways. So the emotional component, and if you don't take care of the mental health uh, and mental abuse, is as bad, and yeah. sometimes worse than the beating that people usually connect with physical abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, very well said. That's so true because we don't, I think in general, people don't give enough attention or highlight emotional and mental abuse. You always hear about physical abuse and domestic violence and where you can outwardly see something wrong. But many times, I think, Actually, in my, and correct me if I'm wrong, I actually think more people suffer from mental and emotional abuse than they do physical abuse. Oh, absolutely. Because a lot of times, think about it. What is renting space in your mind? It's mm-hmm. the replay. It's the replay of what happened, what was said, the words that were used. Even mm-hmm. if they were said in anger, even when they were exchanged, when somebody was feeling very emotional, those words get on this recorder where they keep replaying. So it actually emotionally impacts you way more and way Mm -hmm. many times than a physical beating that will end in 15, 20 minutes. The Mm, emotional abuse replays in your mind and it's very toxic. Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Getting heavy with these uh, questions. And then here's another one for you. What are some signs that a relationship is toxic and actually leading to mental harm? 
Great question. And actually, I have an easier answer. And I would encourage your listeners to Google this stuff because this has been out there forever. Mm-hmm. That has, uh, and, and there are many models, but I refer to what is called the Gottman model. And there are five or six elements that I see um, show up a lot when it comes to the science. So there are, these are called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I think I've spoken about these in one of your previous shows, but I'll remind your audience. Mm -hmm. So it's things like stonewalling. Here is a partner who is pouring their heart out. They are crying and Mm -hmm. all they see is an ice face in a partner. That's Mm. very toxic. Um, Criticism. The moment you open the fridge, the moment you enter a room, if you are around, and by this, I will also say, because you gave me permission to speak outside of the paradigm of marriage as well, Mm -hmm. in parenting relationships, in Mm parent-child relationships in South Asian cultures, in-law relationships, you find this a lot. And that's called criticism and contempt. Yes. And you will see this a lot in those relationships where parents feel that all they have to give uh, their children is feedback. Yes. Whereas what they're doing is they're criticizing or in-laws do that a lot in South Asian cultures because they feel they have a little bit more power over their uh, daughter-in-law as -hmm. an example. Um, So so that. Uh, Criticism is one. Defensiveness. Always... And most of the time, any kind of constructive information even shared, taken in the wrong way, uh, is definite sign of a toxic relationship. Contempt. When you mimic and mock somebody's emotion. When uh, somebody's crying in front of you, when your child is crying in front of you and you're saying, oh, what a drama. Just, you know, stop the manipulation. Mm -hmm. When your daughter-in-law is being helpless and the mother-in-law says oh she's just doing that to get sympathy from my son whereas she could Mm -hmm. be hurting so those are all you know contempt what happens in a marriage i'll give you two more examples that are outside of the um, and some of them actually are part of the gottman model one of them is flooding so some signs that the relationship is toxic is these what i call them bomb blasts these big events big big Um, very, very elaborate, emotionally intensified events that happen in relationships where there's an exit, there is hitting, there is um, some kind of throwing of things, screaming, Mm -hmm. yelling, somebody walking out. This is called flooding. Uh, This big event that happens that shakes up a foundation of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so when you are having flooded events in your relationship, three, four, five, six times a year, the relationship gets fatigue. Mm. And uh, because it's, it's so toxic and it keeps shaking the foundation. And it's very hard to recover from these. Mm. The last one that I will touch on and then I will be quiet is gas, <laughs> gaslighting. Gaslighting yes. is, uh, you know, a term that some of your listeners may be familiar with. Mm-hmm. But it's basically really cutting on what is the strong foundation of your partner or whoever you're trying to gaslight, their personality, their being, whether it's their family, their strengths, uh, what they bring to the table and turning it around to present it as the opposite. Mm. So it it completely weakens their strength, their self-esteem, their self-worth. And that is a sign of a toxic relationship. Those are very heavy signs. And I, I will agree with what you said when you answered this question, that Google this. This is all stuff you can find online and read up on it because that's a lot of things. And I'm sure people are listening to this thinking that, oh my God, my my spouse or boyfriend does this or thinking, hey, I do this. I mean, recognizing any issue in ourselves is also the first step. So I hope this, I would really, you know, highlight, Google this, look this up and speak to someone about this because they do happen. This is all studied, focused things out there. They've been well-researched. And Fahim, that's why I love talking to you because you invite your listeners to take ownership of their peace and their problem as well. You know, a lot of times we start with blame. And I mm-hmm. love this about you that you will always say, look inside first. So as you mm-hmm. are Googling it, please 
I would invite you to not just analyze your spouses, partners, mother-in-law, sister-in-law, and anybody or any friend that you mm-hmm. have a toxic relationship with, but am I doing some of this? How can I correct myself? How can I improve myself? Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's all, it, it goes both ways, I think. It can't just be one, totally one person is the problem. It's always, you know how they say in our, in our language, you know, you know, you clap with two hands. You can't clap with yes, one hand. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So you have to look at that part. The next question is an interesting one. And when I was going through making these questions and I told my husband, I was like, this is one question I'm going to ask. He's like, this is a very interesting one. And I'm sure this is one that would make people really think, what are some pros of staying in a bad or toxic relationship? I think this is probably one of my favorite questions you're asking because (laughs) it's very real. And I will tell you before I answer this question, I will invite your listeners to open their hearts and not judge people for Mm -hmm. staying in their relationships because you haven't walked in their shoes and you don't Mm -hmm. know what their situation is. But a lot of times you will find yourself wondering that how is this person staying with this partner? I don't know why they're still in this relationship or this marriage. So I will tell you some of the pros and these are really important pros. And I am aiming this more for the women listeners that you have. Okay. Don't be, I'm going to use a very negative word. Don't be stupid about leaving a relationship unless you understand that when you step out, it is actually going to be better. And one of the biggest biggest indicator for women is economic Hmm. when you stay in your relationship you have to know you can economically support yourself before you decide to exit because Mm, you could find yourself and if you have children in a worse off situation so you know when you are thinking of a pro if you feel you are in a financially stable uh, place when your children you know, are in schools and you will not be able to offer them Mm -hmm. um, some form of stability. I'm not saying the same standard because that that is different for every um, situation. But Mm -hmm. please look at the economic consideration because most women will exit out of big temporary emotional feelings and then they find themselves in distress, in worse situations. And then there is the shame walk back into the relationship. Mm, So I will say economic reasons are one of the biggest reasons to consider. And if you are thinking about exiting it, then make yourself economically stable before you exit your relationship. The second pro of staying in a relationship, Farheen, is a cultural pro and that is what is called social currency having us yes. having what is called a marital status of married has social value social currency in our society the south asian mm-hmm. society so yes. saying that you are married nobody says i'm miserably married or happily married you're just married and if you're married that gives you a ticket to go into all events that are couples events Mm-hmm. All events that are family events, it's much easier to navigate the South Asian social system if you have the married ticket. Yeah. So there is a huge, huge component of that. And I think now, that would apply to both. I think that that idea, this is a very interesting idea that you bring about that this ticket, that this check mark, I would think it even applies to different societies, not just South Asian. I've seen, uh, I remember from my younger days when we would hear of any classmates, parents, supposedly like let's say someone getting a divorce, it would be like, oh my goodness, their parents are divorced. It was like this hush, hush, this, this thought to it. And I feel like it still kind of continues, even though we have definitely become a lot more nonchalant about these things that we, oh yeah, so-and-so is divorced, whatever. But it's still that little hesitancy that's attached to it. And I think Absolutely. that goes all over. Absolutely. So it's a very important thing to consider. So because, you know, think about it. If your husband is making you miserable 20 minutes a day, but by virtue of your husband, you have access to a social group, a community, you get invited to dinners, your children have community. Well, I'll tolerate him for 20 more minutes a day and put up with all the stuff that I have to put up with because look at what I'm getting. I'm getting Mm. a lifestyle. So the social element is also something that is a pro of staying in a bad relationship. Okay. The third pro, which I, I deliberately wanted to bring up because a lot of people stigmatize this. If you have good in-laws, yes. if you have good supportive in-laws, it is much easier 
to stay in a bad relationship because you're very well supported by extra external family members that understand your situation, give you a lot of sympathy and validation and are there for you. So if your relationships are in that situation are very positive, I have seen many people mm-hmm. endure um, what are otherwise bad toxic relationships because their in-laws were wonderful because a lot of times we're so busy demonizing in-laws i don't mm-hmm. see that all the time i see very good in-laws true, so it's, true. it's it's really important to remember that the no, last a v- very good sorry, point go i'm so happy about that point up because we do make in-laws seem uh like these evil horrible people who will just hate you no matter what and this goes both ways not just for uh, a girl's in-laws but for a guy's in-laws too it's like oh this person's just gonna judge me and put me down and never be on my side but we also have to realize that an in-law can also be not your parent but can help you with things that your parent could help you with because they know your spouse the best before you came into their life it was like well i raised this person so i know them the best Absolutely. And I think that there is an underrepresentation and undervaluation. Mm-hmm. I have a handful of friends, acquaintances, clients who would rather their mother-in-law be with them when their child is born than their own mother. Mm-hmm. Or when they are in distress, they want their mother-in-law to be around. So it's not that all mothers-in-law are bad. You have to know if you have a positive in-law, that's a very big pro of staying yes. in a bad relationship. Yeah, I have two more for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, the second to last one I'd like to talk about is your own tolerance of how bad it is. So everybody has their own threshold. So if you're bad, so I'll give you a very simple and sad example. And I could give many, but I won't do that. But to iterate my example, I will tell you. So if you came from a home where you saw dad beat up mom, mm-hmm. and your husband is not loving or nice, but doesn't beat you up. Your home is safe. Yes, he's not loving. He's not doing all, you know, maybe four of the things, but he's providing. Mm -hmm. He doesn't communicate with you. So then your bad is not that bad because it's all relative, right? Exactly. So your own tolerance level is different. Now, if you came from a home where your dad just, you know, doted on mom and uh, had this amazing Hollywood, Bollywood relationship. And then you come to a spouse that is not even interested in beyond uh, how are you and what's, uh, you know, for dinner. Uh, And sitting next to a TV, you start feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm in the worst relationship ever. So Mm. your own relative story, your own relative history will will decide for you whether it's a bad relationship for you versus for somebody else, right? And, And you know, this point also brings about that whole idea where, you know, daughters see their dads. And of course, overall, most dads are pretty nice to their daughters. And so they start projecting that that man onto their husband and they're like well my dad was i was a princess to him and it's like well tough noodles girlfriend now it's real life you have to work at things and that's a very good point that we and i would put this in that box of baggage that you need to kind of leave at the door when you start a relationship a committed relationship that okay this that was childhood and that was before marriage and this is after marriage. And you know how people use uh, when they say BC and AD for uh, years, like before Christ and after death. I'm like, you should have before marriage, after marriage, because that's where things suddenly change. And then there's a new one that gets added, you know, after kids, after job, after something else. <laughs> Absolutely. But that baggage has to be left behind. And has to be, you know, leaving behind sometimes can be hard, Farine, but I completely mm-hmm. agree with you. It has to be acknowledged yes. that you are, you are comparing your husband, which is so unfair. Mm-hmm. with your father like nobody and and needless to say in, in in those situations with the example you gave i would invite your listeners who are doing that with their fathers maybe notice what kind of a husband their dad was and then yeah. it may be a humbling experience because it's exactly. different so <laughs> yeah. uh, so so that would be you know your own tolerance and then the pros of staying in a relationship also depends on your this is the last one is what does the exit look like for you if Mm. staying in is better than the exit so you might be able to get rid of one problem but invite seven you might just want to stay in a bad relationship true 
True. So, so it's not an easy decision. So I would invite your listeners to really not judge other people because mm. everyone's shoes are different. Everyone's situations are different. Thank goodness that now society looks at divorce as a solution. Yes. And also, yes. uh, and not just a stigmatized failure. Mm. Uh, you exactly. know, there is a big stigma around that. And when it yep. also... And this element, and maybe Fareen, you can invite me for uh, another show in a few months. I would yes. love to talk about toxic friendships because that's a whole nother topic. But that, oh, that happens a, <laughs> a lot because people stay in these social groups that are just bringing them misery. And, and those are very toxic. So one day we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I think that in light of this pandemic, I feel like a lot of people are reevaluating a lot of their relationships that they thought were very important and good and helpful and they're learning that wait you know what maybe this was not the best thing for me uh it's it's so funny that you say that Farin. you don't know how many clients and how many friends i have heard this from that people that i thought were close to me i haven't heard from at all mm -hmm. and they were just maybe part of the party and the fun scene and people that i thought were not as close have been checking in on me and we've uh, reconnected some old friendships and people's palate or hunger or thirst for unnecessary socialization has gone down so much oh, that everybody has be become so picky in whether they even want to take the risk to see some people. Exactly. It's, it's amazing how that has just modified. It's one of the positives of COVID is yeah. that it has given everyone a chance to reevaluate uh, who they are in relationships with. No, definitely. I will have you back for that show because that's a very awesome idea and we'll work that out later. But back to this one. In your opinion, what are some of the more pressing reasons someone stays in a bad relationship? We talked about what are some possible pros, which I think that last question, the answers are really food for thought. You really need to think about them. That's an, and I would tell my listeners, you know, rewind the episode and play that part again over and over because that was really important information. But what are some pressing reasons that someone even though you can see it, let's say if you have a friend, you see that they have marks all over them. They look unkempt. Their children look unkempt. Their house is a mess. That, like You can see every single checkmark outward sign that they are in a bad place, but they just stay. Why? So, so this one, when, when I'm thinking about it, as you're asking me, the mm -hmm. only thing that comes to mind is domestic violence and physical abuse. Yes. And very, very uh, extremely neglectful circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, then here it becomes a mental health and psychological issue. And you have to understand that from battered wife syndrome to Stockholm syndrome, mm -hmm. this person's mental health does not allow them to exit. Uh, mm. What happens is that they get so used to that being their life and they are believing that as their reality. So somebody who goes through Stockholm syndrome is actually empathizing with their abuser. Oh, you mm -hmm. know, he beats me because he was treated so badly because then and and or when this when you look at the cycle of physical abuse, sometimes women who get physically abused actually instigate a beating. They anticipate oh. it because it's the anticipatory beating after which they experience what is called the honeymoon phase. Mm. When there is so much guilt and remorse in the husband that he showers her with the love and affection she's been craving. And okay. so she would rather get a beating anytime to experience that. So it becomes a negative, almost addictive cycle. And it's very hard for them to exit mm. it. So then it's a mental health and psychological issue that needs a lot more intervention and a, a gazillion more levels of patience. Mm. Because you, you cannot then judge that person from your own mind. You have to know that there's something going. They're a prisoner in their mind. They are so helpless and they are struggling emotionally that they don't even think that exiting is an option. Mm, so it's it's that's the extreme part where you see yes really yes. The, the most extreme part of a domestic violence situation that they need not just help for themselves but mental health psychological help a lot more help and, and like you said a gazillion times more patience absolutely absolutely
Okay. And it's like, yeah. you know, diagnosis type of issues. Yes. 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 Then, then you need, you know, to bring the big, big people in and everyone, the big guns out. <laughs> like, okay, we need to help you now. Um, and then what, what do you have to say for hope and working at it? Isn't that a reason that relationships shouldn't be written off where it's like, okay, there's hope. The idea that there could be that silver lining or things could be, could get better. You know, uh, hope is my favorite word because that's mm-hmm. what I aspire to bring in a relationship when I work with couples. Mm-hmm. But I will also tell you that, uh, unfortunately, I see many of the, many of these in our community. You know, I wish I could say that, and I'm looking forward to the time where I can report otherwise, at least for my practice, that I get South Asian couples at a time where I can actually um, help them uh, more than than uh, I would like to. I see mm. this in my Western couples all the time. Okay. Unfortunately, what happens is couples choose to come to therapy, especially because it's a new concept for the South Asian community, right? Yes. yes. Um, so, so the answer to your first question is absolutely relationships can be repaired so beautifully. And I will tell you that's the most enjoyable part of my work is to mm. see a couple that walks in the door saying, I don't know, I think exit is probably our only solution to then a year later saying, oh my God, I have never loved my spouse more. It's like nice. such an amazing experience. But I will tell you a lot of times, and, and I'm saying this not as a complaint, but, but as an awareness. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people in the South Asian community fear coming to counseling because they yes. fear that if they come, they will get divorced. It, mm. It's actually the opposite. So by the time the relationship enters my office, it's on a ventilator. Yeah, yes. You know, the couple is fatigued. There is so much resentment. There is so much damage and baggage done. And one of them is leaning out. And that's when they come. So, so then I hear this very stereotypical thing and not from my practice, but I hear it from many. And, you know, a lot of times people in, uh, I think their intention is good. They're trying to praise me for my work. And I feel very fortunate that I get an opportunity to do good work. But mm-hmm. it's like when somebody says, you know, we tried therapy, it didn't work. And I, I want to say this time and time again, you know, have you ever been to a gym and said, we went to the gym and it didn't work? Well, basically a gym doesn't work if you don't work out. Exactly. So therapy doesn't work unless you're willing to change, unless you're willing to work on yourself, unless you are willing to give up and really be insightful and reflective. So mm. it's very important to remember that Oh my goodness, it's the best thing to hope and and you want to work on your relationship when you are not in emergency and crisis. So yeah. yes, absolutely come to uh, counseling for crisis, but try to come when there isn't a crisis so you can be stronger. Yeah, that's a very wonderful advice right there because you're right. A lot of people end up seeking the help that is available out there at the very last legs and they've already set up preconceived notions. They're like, no, that's it. I'm done. This is our last straw. When you should be coming at the first sign that you're not listening to me. And I think you should be listening to me. So we have a communication issue. Let's go see someone. The beginning, that's when you should get help. And it's the same idea as any ailment. Would you wait until you have 105 fever to get to a doctor? You'll probably go when you have you know, the, the aches and pains, the starting the flu or something and get that fixed first. Or even with blood pressure, you go when you start feeling small signs, not when you're at a heart attack, because it just doesn't make sense anymore. I hope that your listeners listened to this over and over again, because it is so true. I usually give the weight example, having struggled with weight, that, you mm. know, you don't want to intervene when you've gained 100 pounds. intervene when you have 15 or 10 pounds to lose it's so much Mm -hmm. easier it is you know when when you go all the way then you are looking at so much fatigue and you're thinking oh my goodness this is going to take a lifetime whereas if you pay attention to that first five ten pounds that you've gained then you can nip it in the butt right there and strengthen exactly instead of thinking that you are need help like Mm. you said you actually coming to strengthen and course correct that's it exactly course correct that's the best way to put it course correct that's important right there and then uh the and i think you answered my next question already you know how to change a toxic relationship into a healthy one just like the gym example you have to work at it 
So it just needs a little bit of extra work, course correct, strengthening, toning, conditioning, whatever you want to say, and it will get better. Absolutely. I want to tell you a little, um, I'll add a couple of things. One of the biggest things that makes uh, toxic or any damaged relationship work is the willingness and the commitment and the discipline of both, both being the key partners to want to make it work. Exactly. One partner cannot carry the weight of making the relationship work. That partner will fatigue. It's really important to understand that both people need to want it to be better, to be mm. willing to make the effort, to commit to the work. It's so important. It's the same thing. You know, you can clap with two hands. You need that. You need both hands to clap. You can't do it with one hand. It just doesn't sound right. Absolutely. And then I'm going to go back to that idea that let's say you know someone in a bad relationship, you see the signs. What can you do to safely, without worsening the problem, support this person? What can you do to help them? Because you might want to. We, we, many people feel like, oh, you know, I can help this person. But what can you do without, let's say, tipping off the abuser or causing any more problems for them? What can, what can a, a random friend do? Wonderful question. What a great tool to equip your callers with. The first one would be listen to understand. Just listen. Mm. Don't, don't, don't try to solve their problem. It's a very belittling experience for a friend when they are venting their heart out and pouring their heart out to a friend about their emotions. And the Mm -hmm. response is, but you should have done this. And this is how you should have handled it. And you should do this. Mm. It is the most dismissing thing. So please just listen. The second thing I would say is don't encourage them to exit. Because a lot of times people think that they are actually helping by telling their friend that they should exit. They don't know what's happening. That friend might just be in a situation where she wants to vent. And so don't encourage your friends to exit. The third one. Do not badmouth their spouse just because you hear your friend badmouthing their spouse. Oh, yes. Yes. Very highlight this point. Don't badmouth. <laughs> it is so important. You know, every relationship has challenges. If yes. you are a good friend and you will defend their spouse, if you are a good friend, you will want to protect their marriage. So try to defend their spouse and help them see the positive signs so you can calm and de-escalate. Mm. It is so important for you to do that instead of saying, wow, he sounds like this. He sounds like terrible. You should leave him. I have heard so many people get so riled up and feel so much shame then Mm -hmm. for staying in the relationship because their friends all think that they should leave their husband. I think this brings to the point about empathetic listening, that you listen to understand and you listen because maybe just them venting and getting all their thoughts out to someone who's just listening helps them find their own solution that, okay, thank you for listening, but I'm going to do this. And you can be like, good for you. Yes. Whatever you need. Wonderfully uh, summarized, Farin. And the last one would be, please, as a friend, know your limitation and encourage your friends to get professional help instead of Mm -hmm. trying to jump in. Because, and I will tell you this, uh, I will tell you this in my colleague world as well, that many counselors are not trained in marriage. It's a completely different training, marriage and committed relationship. So try to do a little bit of homework in getting the right professional. Mm -hmm. A person who's trained in marriage, not just individual counseling. Uh, And different programs have different kind of training. So know your limitation, encourage your friends to get help. And this next question, in general, people gossip. We have, that could be a whole like series of podcasts is gossip. <laughs> and there is no juicier topic than discussing someone else's broken relationship. How can we be a better support for those who have successfully left a toxic union? What a wonderful question. It's really important to notice who you are choosing to discuss this with. Mm. I will tell you that not, it's not natural for people not to, and I will, I will even modify the word for you. Mm-hmm. Gossip happens when a group of more than four people are judging. That's okay. gossip. All right. When you, there are certain people you will find yourself talking about these things with. Notice your intimate crowd. If you are talking about 
this with two friends and learning from this saying, you know, what can we learn from this painful situation that will help prevent, um, you know, this from not happening to many of us. Mm-hmm. Do that. Reframe the gossip. True. Don't judge the people negatively without knowing them. It's really important. Remember, when you talk about things, you have a responsibility. And I would, I I think I'm going to scare your callers or your (laughs) listeners by saying, when you are talking about a relationship, please remember, you are the first one who is being judged on how you are talking about it. Forget the couple you're talking about. You are being judged about how unkind you could be about how you're not being respectful to the privacy, about when you are sharing things that this couple may have shared with you in their vulnerable moments. So to keep, you know, to keep, when you are not keeping someone's confidence. So be careful when you talk about this. I can mm. completely understand people being fearful and talking about what can be learned from this. And But you want to make sure, I will say, give every person dignity and respect, whether uh, you know them or not. And and that is good human behavior. That's true. That's very true. And we touched on this in the very first question. You said that people do expect more. So do you think we are more impatient or would you say more aware in regards to what we expect from a relationship? So I'll tell you. I am less concerned about what people post because it's a personal judgment. Mm-hmm. Some people enjoy it more than others and okay. I don't want to judge them. It's become a fabric of our society. And, you know, I think you had um, very eloquently said that, you know, some, some, some people do choose to exhibit a lot more of that than needed. And I will say that it depresses others who may not be having similar experiences. Mm-hmm. But what you said is very important. It, It's very important to understand that one of the biggest silent killers of a relationship, in my view, is Mm -hmm. unrealistic and and non-communicated expectation. Mm -hmm. Your partner can be anything. They cannot be psychic. Yes. (laughs) So you have to really, you know, one of the biggest things you have to do is learn how to love each other and how to pay attention to each other. It is so important to ask those questions. Hey, if I want to shower you with attention, what do I do? You know, I say, don't you dare give me flowers. Just give me money. I want to spend it. What a waste. And some friends say, oh my gosh, all I'm craving for is a card with lots of words about how you feel about me. So everyone is different. And it's very important that we are communicating and we're training Mm. each other how to treat each other. So it's not the impatience or awareness, but it's really talking to each other. Um, And then I will also talk about this very, very interesting element that I see more in my practice, I think a lot of people may not be as aware of it, mm-hmm. is that a lot of times when we are in the courtship period, we make very unrealistic and unreasonable oh, yes. That promises. honeymoon period. <laughs> it's like anything, whatever you say, if you want me to see your mother every day, we will go see your mother every day. Well, it's not practical and you're courting. So that's, you know, when everybody says yes to everything. Yes. And so the commitments made in the honeymoon phase um, or the courting phase really don't come true. And unfortunately, they cause a break of trust earlier on in the relationship. So it's like, but you had said you will listen to me. But I had told you that my mother is this way. But I had told you that we always do eat in this auntie's house. So, you know, at that time, you have so many hormones working against you where all you will say to each other is yes 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 you have to take stock of your expectations again and really really sit down and say is this good for our relationship is this good for us how can we do this without being unfair to each other definitely and i think another part to realize in this is that nothing is written in stone I, a lot of couples make this assumption or this idea that, well, I said that on these days, I want this. But you are allowed to change your mind too. And this goes both ways. Everyone can change their mind. Someone may love flowers and then suddenly move somewhere and develop allergies to them. So now they can't have flowers. This is an example came out of nowhere right now. But That's such a good one though. It happened. Well, I, all I know is that I used to have allergies when I lived in the Northeast. When I moved to Texas, all my allergies went away. But then my son got allergies. I'm like, okay, well. 
things change, they modify and you, you learn, but that's the thing. This is where that whole aspect of modification and communication and this definite, this idea that no one is psychic. This is one thing my husband told me, Shiza, within the first three weeks of our marriage, 12 years ago, he's like, I'm not a psychic. I have no idea what you want. You just have to tell me. And in my head, I was like, how can you not know me? And then I've slowly learned that, okay, so if I want to buy this, I just tell you, he's like, yes, just just say, don't, don't give hints to say, I want this or I don't want that. I will tell it's, you most men so far. are like most men are like that. It's exactly it's so adorable that they're just like, just tell me what you need, just tell me what you want. But yes. I will also tell you sometimes men also in the relationship feel, well, she should know. She's known me for so these unrealistic expectations, really. And then what you said is so important. Nothing is set in stone. Mm-hmm. There may be a commitment that must have been made at a time where it seemed appropriate. Well, it's not working right now, so it has to change. And mm-hmm. if one of the spouses keeps saying, But you said, you know it then they remind me of my 10 year old who will take all commitments out of context and will only remember the commitments that I made to him and not the commitments he made to me so you know it's very important to be flexible and malleable yes yes (laughs) and and for anyone who's watched recently that whole show Indian matchmaking which you talked about recently as well be flexible Simanti's like words are like stuck all over the internet. <laughs> yes, flexible, she, she talks flexible. about being flexible um, uh, a lot. And, and it is true. When I got interviewed for that show, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fabric of our culture. Again, an element, you know, yes. it's very difficult for me to judge anything harshly because I feel like it's all byproducts of who we are and it, there's exactly. so much history there. And, and this is a good point to note. Just these small things in a relationship, a commit relationship where you are having this problem of communication, where you think that they should understand, but they're not psychics. This can lead to toxicity if it's not handled. And that's when you should be handling it. Like, how could you not know I want flowers on Mother's Day? I'm not your mother, but still I want flowers because I'm the mother of your children. For example, I've, I've heard this example many times and people are like, well, but I don't have to do this. You're not my mom. And it's like, well... Do you, if you really want flowers on Mother's Day, tell your spouse or your partner that from your children, send me a bouquet of flowers. It's from, you know, to our best mom ever. Do something. You have to be as blunt about it as that. That I want this, make sure it gets done and I expect it. And if you say that, then the expectation is valid that I did communicate I want this. So there is no ifs, ands or buts about it. Love it. And I think you should when you're recording this show, you should replay this twice because it's so important. It makes life so easy for him. So yes. absolutely, I would agree with you. Yeah. And then one last question for you, Shiza. What is the best piece of advice you can give to someone who is considering separation but is afraid? All right. So my immediate short answer is do not do that without thinking it through. Mm-hmm. And thinking it through does not mean discussing it with family and friends until the issue is very obvious, such as physical abuse or safety issues. Okay. Talk to a professional and really make sure you understand the real consequences of considering that alternative. Whether you should live in your marriage or not is not something anybody should be telling you to do. It has to be a personal decision. But when it's done with clarity and confidence and with a plan, Mm -hmm. it is more successful. So my biggest, biggest recommendation would be please take it slow. Don't let big temporary feelings overtake you to make decisions that you will regret. Because then, you know, so many times, one of the biggest pet peeves I have uh, with, uh, with couples who are struggling in this nowadays is that threat of divorce. They mm. are just shelling it out at each other. And yes. what they need to say is, I'm hurting. Pay attention to me. Yeah. And Talk it's to me. really <laughs> impaired. It's really important to not threat exit. You won't listen to me. I'm leaving. You won't do this. I'm leaving. 
you won't do this let's think about divorce now everything yeah. cannot go from 0 to 100 with every small cough and sneeze in your relationship so really think it through think it through with a professional so you have clarity so you have plan and you have the skills and the the competence to really make the best decision for yourself because every situation is different there's no cookie cutter response no there is not and each relationship is different and each one ex- there's different expectations and let's toss in this pandemic in there where you know it is getting harder for a lot of relationships that had that free time to do things alone for example or just even go out to i'll give my example cuz picking on myself is easier my husband and i on his he would have he still has random days off during the week and our kids would be in school and we would go and have brunch and that was our you know time to connect and talk and just be us and now of course with everyone home all the time those moments are few and far between so we actually have to go we'll put a movie on for the kids and go sit in the other room and just be like let's talk what's going on how are you doing how wonderful is that and i will say you know the pandemic has really put to test many of our relationships definitely so whatever we haven't worked on will show up as a weakness yes. very quickly because now we have to we can't hide behind social engagements and eating out and watching a movie or or a wedding or a dawat and all of that we have yes. to now face each other and all our issues so you yes. have to be gentle and kind with each other and give each other some time and space Definitely. i will recommend please don't spend 24 hours with each other i always remember a friend whose husband was retiring who said i want him for better or for worse but not for breakfast and lunch yes. and there is a reason that that uh, is such a popular quotation give yourselves yes. healthy space be Definitely. kind yeah and and really really take it slow as this pandemic is just bringing out challenges that none of us even anticipated will happen it's oh, changed every relationship and how to work it so so just be patient and kind with each other definitely no beautifully said shiza and I, you know that was a random question that just came to my head but thank you again for this insightful and very necessary time and answers that that i think a lot of people especially in this pandemic might be thinking about these things cuz if you're working at a healthy relationship that's good great but i'm sure there's many people out there right now who are feeling that the relationship i thought was great maybe isn't the best one and i'm thinking all these things so hopefully this can bring some insight and light to these people to make whatever decision is best for themselves their family their children their you know significant other for anyone but thank you Believe again shiza my pleasure i just want to applaud you for how present you are and how connected and in sync you are with what is challenging for our community right now and i appreciate you for bringing me to your shows i hope this was helpful and i would love to get some feedback from your listeners when they do listen to the show and uh, i am here uh, in any way uh, that yes. i can help thank you so much isa thank you so much for your time and there you have it everyone thank you for listening i really do hope that if you were in a place of hurt and pain and all these negative emotions maybe this topic helped you and you found something that could help you out as always make sure to seek professional help if you need there is nothing wrong or embarrassing about seeking out some counseling or therapy or any form of help There are wonderful resources out there. All you have to do is Google them. Thank you everyone for listening and please do take a moment to subscribe to the podcast which is available everywhere on iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. At the end my kids will tell you my socials. Until next time everyone, take care. Make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. You can follow mom on Instagram at the mod muslim. You can email her at the mod muslim@gmail.com.